We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that shit. we gonna see him soon. You feel me? Alright, alright, welcome back to the Butting Heads podcast from Rams Talk Radio. I'm Steve Ribeiro, here with me. Johnny's on vacation, so I'm with Josh Kolak. Uh, you know him as Josh. I don't remember your new Twitter handle. Uh, it's real underscore Kylo, a a staple of Rams Twitter and a member of our staff at Rams Talk. So always happy to get Josh on the pod. Uh, we've had him before. You happy to be back? Oh yeah, always always look forward to being on the air with you, man. Absolutely, uh, the feeling is mutual. All right. We are going to go through our 53-man roster projection today. It's more to talk about you know, how we feel about depth at each position uh, than it is to talk about like whether Nick Scott is going to make the roster, but it's a good time to talk about what we've seen in the preseason so far and how we feel about depth and all that stuff. And of course, we'll talk about some position battles that have been happening. Uh, but before we get into it, guys, don't forget... 
subscribe, rate, wherever you're getting our podcast. And if it's on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review and be entered to win a $75 gift card from NFLshop.com. All you got to do is leave your review, send an email to ramstalk1945 at gmail.com with a screenshot of the review. Let us know who's entering. Uh, and if it's a good review, Derek will read it on the air on the Ramstalk Radio Show. And speaking of that show, don't forget to check out the other shows on the feed, guys. It's not just Betting Heads, as I'm sure most of you are aware. But, of course, check out Rams Talk Radio with Derek, uh, Rams Uncensored with some of your favorite Rams Twitter men. And, of course, the Rams Brothers podcast just added to the feed. I think the first episode's going up soon, so stay on the lookout for that. Uh, and, of course, wherever you're getting your podcast, we're there. If we're not there, let us know, and we'll get there. But, all right. Let's talk football because it's August and there's actually football, even though it's not good football. Uh, but Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the last show, but everyone's getting so hyped about like the Hall of Fame game. I think I watched three plays. I watched Kevin Hogan chuck a ball into the dirt, and I was like, "Man, why? Do, why am I doing this?" <laughs> like, but it was still fun. Uh, it's been so, it had been too long. Yeah, so here's the thing. When it comes to preseason, I don't watch like pretty much any of it other than highlights except for the Rams, and that's because I like to kind of see, you know, kind of like what we're going to talk about today, what the depth looks like and things like that. But other than the Rams preseason, I just try to stay away from it except for highlights. Right, and as putrid <laughs> as the Rams have looked this preseason, uh, partly because they're not playing anybody, there's there's definitely been some standouts, and we'll, we'll talk about those guys today. But first, got to talk about the bad thing that happened, and that's Micah Kaiser uh, is expected to be the team starting inside linebacker out indefinitely with a torn pectoral muscle. It's, he's like the one starter that was playing in the preseason, and he got hurt. But uh, I don't know how you feel, Josh. I, I think playing Kaiser was the right call because he's unproven, and it's not like the guys in the offensive line where, like, um, I don't know. Those guys are locked in stone and are going to be out there every snap. Kaiser, I don't think he would have been, and he was really still competing for that job. But I guess, how do you feel about losing Kaiser? Uh, how do you feel how it's going to affect the team? And I, I guess just your general thoughts on uh, what happened and how the Rams will rebound. Yeah, so I mean, first of all, I think that I, I kind of agree with you on as far as Kaiser needing to play in the preseason before he got injured. Uh, you know, he was unproven. He was a fifth-round rookie. Uh, played, you know, decent in preseason last year, but I mean, it was preseason. So I think it was the smart move to play him, see what you got. And like you said, like it's still a position battle because he hasn't started in the NFL before. As far as the injury goes, I am a big Micah Kaiser fan. I had a lot of faith in him to at least be good in the run game. Coverage, he's got some athletic ability to do it, but I mean, we've got a guys who can kind of fill that role um, when he had to come out. I think it's a hit to the defense, uh, particularly the run defense, which we've struggled with in the past. Um, but I think that there are guys on the roster that can kind of fill in, do what he does. And uh, there's some guys I like for our depth there as well. So we'll see. To me, I, I wrote a I wrote about this for Rams Wire yesterday, if you want to check out the article. I don't think this will really make or break the defense. And Part of that is because you, you mentioned the coverage and that you wouldn't expect a lot from him. I don't really think he, him or his replacement would be on the field that much during 
at least primary passing downs because I expect it to be like when Barron set out last year, Rameek Wilson and Marquis Christian kind of split the linebacker snaps 50-50. Wilson was really the primary run stopper and Christian would come in on uh, expected passing downs and you know, be that guy. With Kaiser, I kind of expect a – or I at least expected a similar difference between him and Taylor Rapp most likely or Marky Christian if Rapp can't overtake that job. I definitely expect that with whoever his replacement is. And also for me, I've never been a big Micah Kaiser believer. Uh, and I mentioned Rameek Wilson right there. He was not good. And Kaiser couldn't even beat him out for the job last year. Maybe that was them wanting to give Kaiser year to learn the ropes, but like, if he's good enough to beat out Rameek Wilson, I don't think you start Rameek Wilson for four games. And two, he's he was currently competing for a job with Bryce Hager, who, I mean, anyone who's watched the Rams the past six years knows that that's not a compliment that you're competing for a job with Bryce Hager. And that's no disrespect to Hager. I mean, he's one of the longest tenured Rams which says a lot about him. He's one of the only guys that played in St. Louis left on the team. And he's probably going to be our starting linebacker. And look, he plays hard. It's never going to be a concern that he's not trying. Uh, but I I don't feel great about him being our starter. But I don't feel that much worse about him being the starter than Micah Kaiser. And I think out of all the positions in the defense, if you rank them 1-11, to 11, this spot would probably be 10 or 11 because of what I mentioned with Taylor Rapper, Marquis Christian playing those passing downs. Yeah, and I, I think it's important to understand today's NFL as a passing league as well. You know, I mean, I forget what the exact percentage is, but I mean, we've we've moved to an era where basically your base defense is nickel. You know, so I think we're going to see a lot of Taylor Rapp, and I think so far we've seen him play his role really well. So in in terms of when Rapp's out there and it's you know his opportunity to make plays, I've got total faith in Taylor Rapp. I like Micah Kaiser. I, I think he's a good run defender. I saw him play a little bit at Virginia and everything. Um, I like him better than Bryce Hager. Uh, but again, I, I'm kind of with you. Like, I, it's not going to make or break us. Like, put it this way: losing Micah Kaiser is not going to be the difference between going to the Super Bowl and not going to the Super Bowl. So, you know, it's next man up. Right. Yeah. This. It's a blow, but it, I don't think it's devastating. Uh, it, the real big blow is you're losing depth at this position to me, which you don't really have. Uh, and Kaiser's – Corey Littleson aside, Kaiser's the best linebacker you have, even though it's – I don't think he's head and shoulders above the other guys. And I do think maybe somebody like Dakota Allen could emerge as a guy who could actually play. I mean, he's looked good in this preseason. Uh, it's It'd be foolish to sit here and be like uh, – Allen should be the guy starting over Kaiser, but you never know what happens in the last few games. I mean, if he keeps kicking ass uh, and Hager doesn't look good, that you might see either Allen emerge as a week one starter or kind of take over that job. Uh, I don't think anyone should be sitting here and saying like the team has to start at Dakota Allen, a seventh round pick, but <laughs> he's a guy who he has a really interesting story. Uh, he he did some dumb shit in his past, but. From what everyone could tell, he's a high, somehow a high-character guy in spite of that. Uh, he got expelled from Texas Tech uh, for, no, con- like, I'm pretty sure it was armed robbery or something like that. Uh, had the whole thing on last chance you Comes back to Texas Tech. And, I mean, I think that says a lot about the guy that Texas Tech took him back. 
Uh, it, yeah. Nobody was making them do that. So he's a guy I I liked. I liked when he got drafted. Maybe that's because I watched a show on Netflix about him. Maybe not, but <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens with him. And he's a guy to keep an eye on for the last two games for sure. It, you know, I, I talked to somebody on Twitter the other day about Dakota Allen, and and I'm I'm with you. I'm a big Dakota Allen fan. I think that so far in the preseason, I've really I've really enjoyed watching him play. Looks like a really high effort guy, as well as being able to do a lot of the same things that Micah Kaiser, you know, you expected him to do. So uh, I, I like him there. I'm I'm rooting for him in terms of like why people are kind of like hyping him up like, Oh, now he's got to start over Bryce Hager. Like he's, he's the best middle linebacker. You know, uh, everybody's got their, their uh, draft darlings. And sometimes the seventh round pick, I really think it's a situation where uh, everybody kind of likes, this is a guy like last chance you. And now he's, you know, like you said, got to come back to Texas tech, you know, earned that and then earned his way to at least being drafted, whether, you know, late round or not, he still is drafted and now he has a chance to potentially take over a starting middle linebacker job for a team that was in the Super Bowl last year. So I, I think, you know, that's a big reason why I think a lot of people root for him. Uh, people might not even watch the games. They just hear the guy and hear he's played well. And they're like, yeah, go <laughs> go, go to Code Allen. That, that absolutely happens. Uh, <laughs> well, let's. We'll get back to Dakota later when we talk about the linebackers. Let's get to our roster predictions. We'll each say... Uh, we each filled out a 53-man roster. We'll say who we picked and talk about any differences we have or whatever. We'll start with quarterback. I don't think this will take long. I don't think you bring in Blake Bortles expecting to roster three quarterbacks. I think they keep Goff and Bortles. Uh, John Wolford and Brandon Allen, who I actually don't think have looked bad this offseason. Uh, there's just no reason to keep them around, in my opinion. You you keep Blake, and if something happens to Goff, uh, you either keep one of those guys in the practice squad or pick somebody up. Yeah, I, I completely agree. We see teams all the time, you know, not not bring a guy back, you know, run with less at one position or another, and they make a tough cut or whatever, despite the guy playing pretty well in his limited snaps. And uh, I think you could see that happen with Allen or Wolford. Um, you know, uh, neither has played extremely well, but neither has also, you know, looked so terrible that I wouldn't be willing to have them as a third quarterback if they kept three. Uh, I in my opinion, I've liked Wolford better so far uh, with two games left to go. But, um, yeah, I, I think you bring in Blake Bortles. He's a guy who started for a playoff team at one point. I know that he's had ups and downs, but he he's he gives you the best shot if golf goes down right now. And uh, I think if something like that were to happen, uh, then you kind of look to, hey, is one of those guys still out there on, on the street? Or, you know, do we pick somebody else up from somewhere and – so, yeah, I'm with you. Roll with two. If they were comfortable enough to run two quarterbacks last season for most games and one of them was Sean Mannion's, it would be ridiculous to hey, c- not. Come on now. There there are certain people within the Rams community that think he's better than Jared Goff, okay? <laughs> My God. Uh, all right, yeah, it's it's as expected there. I'd be pretty surprised if they kept three. But they did keep Brandon Allen for week one last year. So don't forget that. He got cut later on, but... We'll go to running back. I have them keeping four. Todd Gurley, Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, obviously. John Kelly, I feel like pretty obviously. It wouldn't shock me if they kept Justin Davis as a fifth guy, but to me, like those those running backs are all really good, and unless they just don't want to lose Davis in case something happens to Gurley, which even if something were, Brown, Kelly, and Henderson is a pretty damn good backup running back trio. So I, 
I like Justin Davis, but I don't see a need to keep him. I don't know how you had it. <clears throat> yeah, I'll, I'll keep it pretty simple. Uh, agree. <laughs> uh, I like I like Kelly over Justin Davis. Um, I think that Justin Davis has looked okay in some of the snaps that I saw him play. Uh, but I, I think Kelly has actually shined quite a bit in preseason so far. So, uh, yeah, roll with four, and uh, I'm in agreement with the guys that you said. So He's an August hero. Uh, we all loved him last year. We got pretty excited when we thought he was going to get a chance to play uh, when Todd Gurley went out, and then they signed C.J. Anderson and never played him. So <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever get the John Kelly era, but, yeah, I, I think you know as your fourth running back, you can absolutely do worse, and I think he's a good player. He's a, he's a decent player. At least he looks it in the preseason. Receiver, this this should be interesting. Uh, I think we can all agree Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, Josh Reynolds are stone-cold locks. I have Mike Thomas and JoJo Natson being the final two. But Nasimba Webster from the clouds is kind of creeping up on JoJo Natson for that return job. Uh, I I think most of Rams Twitter is all for this. I think we've Natson's kind of fallen out of favor. That fumble last week did not help. Webster comes in. He's definitely a more talented receiver than Natson. I don't think that's going to matter either way for the regular season, but he looked serviceable in the return game. And I guess the other note here is I still think Mike Thomas makes the team over Kaderil Hodge, but it wouldn't shock me there if both of them made it. Or if Hodge was the guy they took, but Mike Thomas feels like he's never going away. But how'd you have this those final two, or did you have three? Or I'm curious. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I have the Rams rolling with uh, with six receivers. So the top four, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, as far as the last two roster spots for the 53 man, um, I, I gotta go with my boy Nasimba. Uh, <laughs> I'm a huge fan. I think that he brings a lot more to the actual position of receiver than Natson does. And I think he's looked good in his limited opportunity as a returner. Uh, he's looked more secure with the football in his hands. And I think that for me is has been the thing that I've liked most about him. Uh, when I watched him uh, in his snaps so far, uh, you know, you don't see him drop the ball. We've already seen Natson muff a punt in preseason. Uh, we saw him do it last year. I don't like that. <laughs> Ball security is important, and, and you know it can be the difference between winning and losing. So I, I definitely say keep Nasimba. I also saw him. You know he's five ten, one eighty or something like that, and I saw him high point a ball against Dallas. I think it was, and I was really impressed by that. So I, I really like him. I'm rooting for him. And then uh, I, I don't have Mike Thomas. <laughs> you got Kadero. Um, decided to. Yeah, I got Kadero Hodge. He's my boy. Uh, I, I think that he's shown every bit of receiving ability as Michael Thomas has. And uh, I think that he's shown more as a special teamer than he has. I think that uh, I saw him light a guy up as a gunner the other day. And I love it when receivers like to hit, you know, like I think of Robert Woods being a great, great run blocker. And I just, I really like that. And uh, you know, good gunner. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm rooting for Hodge there. And I, I think with Michael Thomas, it's not that he's played bad. It's just that we've seen this this show before. You know, he's been injured. Uh, he's had some drops and things like that when he's played before. So I'd rather, you know, when I get a guy like that who's been on the roster since St. Louis and, you know, hasn't really, you know, looked like one of those guys who, yeah, in preseason he gets hyped up and, hey, he's going to make the roster and he might do something this year and, and then it's kind of a letdown. 
at that point I'm kind of like, let's go with the younger guy. Let's let's see what we have here. So to me, like I, I would rather keep Hodge personally, but Mike Thomas, he's been suspended. He's been injured for an entire season, and the guy is still here. So, like, I just, I just feel like they're not going to cut him. I, I don't know why. Uh, you, I, I would cut him. I, I'm, I'm not sure with Michael Thomas. Does he have practice squad eligibility? I don't think he does. I doubt it. Uh, so that, that's the one thing that I think may come into play with something like the receiver battle is. Obviously, when you get to the fifth and sixth spot, you're looking at special team ability too. And so you're looking at special teams and you're looking at who's practice squad eligibility. And if uh, you can see Thomas over Hodge and see Hodge put on the practice squad. But I, I, I'd personally just rather roll with Hodge anyways. So You cut out a little there, but you know what? We're on the fly. I'm going to leave it in. I think everyone got the gist of what you said. I... I, I hope they keep Hodge. I don't th- I don't think Thomas really adds much, but like I said, he's still here. And I just looked up the rule. Three years is your window for the practice squad. After that, you can't make it. So I believe Kaderil is still practice squad eligible. And I mean, he, he might get picked up by somebody else, but uh, who knows? I, I don't know what the league's reception of Kaderil Hodge is outside of us loving him. He... Butting Heads is a very pro Kadero Hodge podcast. Uh, we'll give one more note on Nasimba here. I, I think if he shows out in the last two games, he will make the team. I, I personally think, it, in, with hindsight, it was a mistake to keep Natson over Farrell Cooper. Uh, I, I think Cooper was just a little slow to return from his injury, but I, I think I'd rather have him this year than Natson. Um, but we'll see with Webster, man. He looked pretty good. He genuinely looked good. Uh, the other guys here of note, Jacob Green, he also looked pretty good, but I, I don't know if he's done enough. And without the return, without the return stuff, I can't really see them keeping him over a tenured guy like Thomas or Hodge. Uh, Austin Prohl, I believe, is still practice squad eligible. He is. I think he'll be back on the practice squad. Yeah, I think he's a practice squad guy. Yeah, I think I think they like him and they've played him a lot. Tight end. I don't really have anything to say here. Everett Higby, and I think they'll just roll with Johnny Munt again. Yeah, yeah, I think I think Munt's got the job. I have not. Uh, so the tight ends, I don't think, have really gotten a whole lot of opportunity necessarily to really show out yet. Maybe we see that in game three, game four. Uh, but so far, I haven't been impressed with what they have put on tape. And so, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Roll with Munt and, and go from there. Right. I... Offensive line, I got Aaron Neary suspended, so he won't affect the roster, um, whether they keep him or not. I have them keeping the starters, Whitworth, Noteboom, Allen, Blythe, and Havenstein. Uh, also got him keeping Bobby Evans, David Edwards, and Jamil Denby. But uh, Josh, to be honest, all these guys have looked terrible. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I definitely think the offensive line is somewhere where you may see the Rams – look for some waiver wire guys at the end of preseason. Um, so I'd, I'd keep my eye there. Although I'll, I'll give David Edwards and Bobby Evans just a slight, a slight pass because they're rookies. Um, and I think that you kind of look to hope that Cromer can kind of develop those guys. And we right. hope that they don't have to see any significant action right? <laughs> because otherwise we might be seeing Blake Bortles in December. Um, 
However, uh, the only thing that I would say is, to me, I have not been impressed with Demby at all. I haven't really been impressed with this offensive line whatsoever, but Demby has just looked like a turnstile. Uh, can't can't really block anybody. Uh, has multiple penalties called on him. I, I, at this point, like I'd rather roll with somebody like a Brandon Hitner, um, somebody like that, and give one of those guys a shot. Um, obviously you're hoping that they don't have to play anyway. So, and if, if not a waiver, a waiver claim at some point, uh, you know, man, if, if you're trotting out Jamil Demby, you're probably looking to try to make a trade if it's before the trade deadline anyway. So yeah, those Jamil Demby takes after he got cut have not aged well. Uh, he got cut for a reason last year. Yeah. <laughs> like he, I don't think the guy's good, uh, but He's probably going to make the team. Hopefully, some some vet gets cut that we can pick up and add a little depth because, A, we're going into the season with two complete unknowns starting, and, B, if they're bad, we have nobody to replace them. So, like, we're stuck with Noteboom and Allen, and hopefully they'll be yeah. good. I think that the Rams believe in them, and that's that's about all we can ask for. Let's Let's get to the defense here. Before we do, we got to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Jim Hawk, and his book, Hollywood's Team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. Guys, we've been talking about this book for a while, and I hope you've gotten your hands on it. If you haven't, the paperback is coming out September 6th if you're waiting for that. If you're a hardback guy, the hardback's awesome. I have it. It's a great book. Uh, I know we're all looking to dip our toes into pretty much anything L.A. Rams. You're listening to a podcast about it right now. If you want to get a little more on the tech side, a little bit about the Rams history with a bit of a personal touch, you got to check out Jim's book. It tells the story of the 1950s Rams through his dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. It's a son's story of his father and the team he played for in the era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. There's a ton of players mentioned in this book, including guys like Norm Van Brocklin, Crazy Lex Hirsch, Tom Fears, and Les Richter. It's a story that spans the 1950s L.A. sports landscape and obviously with a heavy focus on the Rams. You can find this book online at hollywoodsteam.com. You can follow it on Twitter at hollywoodsteam. Any questions you have for Jim, he'll answer them there. It's also available in both hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And you can find it through various other booksellers on the internet. Guys, we've been talking about it for a while. It took me a while to read it. I regretted waiting. It's an awesome book. Uh, I loved it. Read it cover to cover. It's a great story about the Rams and just really get to sink your teeth into some Rams history. It's also just a great story about a person's father and the legacy he left behind. So, again, guys, it's Hollywood's team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's well worth your time. Let's look at the defense here, Josh. Defensive line. This will be interesting to see what they do at the last spot. I think, barring a very surprising thing, Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, John Franklin Myers, Sebastian Joseph Day, Greg Gaines all feel like locks for this roster i think tanzel smart has a chance to make it and i got him as my last guy but it seems like most people are predicting morgan fox to take that spot not neither would surprise me fox was out with injury last year so it'd be a good story for him to get back there and then boogie roberts is kind of floating around in there as a sleeper uh who do you got making the defensive line uh, yeah, so I've got Morgan Fox as that last spot. Uh, I think that he's shown pretty well in the preseason so far. Uh, was a guy that I think people were excited about last year before he got hurt. 
So uh, I, I like what he brings to the table. Um, although, man, it, it's hard. I, I'll admit that it's a really hard battle between him and Tan's a little smart. But I'm going to go with Fox on that one. And then uh, I actually think that uh, Boogie Roberts has put some good tape together uh, against Dallas. Like he flashed a little bit. So I'm hoping that we can maybe stash him on the practice squad. Yeah, I think that would be wise to keep him around. Uh, he's a promising young player. I I I think Smart just uh, maybe it's just recent bats because Fox didn't play last year, but Fox is a little bit more versatile, and he's definitely the favorite out of these guys. Uh, but I could see them keeping both too because this is a thin, not necessarily a thin position. It's actually pretty deep. I was the wrong word, but like we're starting Sebastian Joseph Day. It's unproven. Yeah, like you got the man in the middle. You're going from Nadamik and Sue one of the best defensive tackles of the decade to two guys who haven't done shit in the NFL. And I, I think Joseph Day is, is looking decent. And I think the co- combination of him and John Franklin Myers w- will get the job done. Uh, obviously you have, I mentioned one of the best defensive linemen of the decade. You have the best defensive lineman of the decade sitting there in Aaron Donald and then Michael Brockers, who's pretty good himself. So I'm not worried here, but if they want to trim some fat elsewhere, I think keeping those two guys wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, I, I could definitely see them uh, keeping both. We'll just have to kind of see how that shakes out. I, I like both guys, and it's definitely a tough choice if you got to pick one or the other. Yeah, I'm with you. Outside linebacker, I got him keeping Dante Fowler, Clay Matthews, Samson Ebukam, uh, Obo Okoronko, who was kind of on the bubble. Finally strapped him up and proved us all not crazy. Uh, looked very decent. Natrez Patrick, I got him keeping him. He's been a standout this preseason. And Landis Durham, I got sneaking into that that last spot here over Trayvon Young. Uh, who, do you, who do you got at the linebacker position? Uh, I Actually, I have the same exact guys as you. Okay, um, hey, there we go. I, I do think that it's a, it's a tough battle between... Um, Landis Durham and Josh Caraway for me. I think I've seen Josh Caraway flash quite a bit. Um, but in terms of uh, who'd you say before Landis Durham? Uh, uh, Trayvon Young. Sorry. Uh, yeah. I really haven't been too impressed. Uh, I've liked a lot of other guys better. So. Yeah. Trust Patrick has been a standout. Uh, a lot of people are high on him. And Oboe getting back out there was a huge deal. So uh, I, I think he was kind of injured towards the bubble just because, you know, he hadn't been out there. But once they finally saw him play, I'd be I'd be pretty surprised if he got caught. I, th- I think he kind of cemented his status on the roster here. And Yeah, he, he he's definitely the case of, like, he was, what, a fifth-round pick, I think? Yep. Um, and every, everybody was kind of, like, hyped about him, kind of like Micah Kaiser. And then it, last year it was kind of like, well, well, he's injured. Uh, and then everybody kind of got hyped this year. And then, uh, he's injured. And then we saw him play, and it was like – that's why everybody got hyped about Okoronkwo. <laughs> yeah, we. I I'd been cautioning this since last year when we were all talking about these guys. Like, yeah, they're good prospects and they're steals in the fifth round, but like, yo, they still fell to the fifth round. Like, if they were that big of steals, somebody would have taken them higher. But like, hey, Kaiser was going to be a starter. Uh, unfortunately, he got hurt, and hopefully, Obo can make an impact. Uh, He's got some guys pretty set ahead of him on the depth chart. 
I think this is a decent group. I feel a lot better about it as this, as the offseason progresses. Uh, I think Fowler is come will come into his own. will have a nice year, and the combination of Clay Matthews and Samson Ebikim should be serviceable. Uh, I definitely yeah, feel better and- about this than going into the season with Matt Longacre and Samson Ebikim. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think upgrades over Longacre and Abu Kim has flashed at times, but at this point, like next year, we might be talking about him as a bubble guy if he doesn't pick up. So yeah. um, one thing, one thing I do want to add, Natrez Patrick, I really like him. I've man, he has looked so good in the preseason so far, but another thing that I think that he adds is that he can play inside or outside and so, I mean, I at this point, unless he something terrible happens these next couple games, I think he's a lock for the 53. I'm with you. Uh, McVay has been quoted saying he doesn't expect anything to change as far as Patrick's position, but uh, they got to consider it at least. And let's get to the inside, guys. Micah Kaiser's going on the IR, so he won't affect the, the roster here. I Even though Stin, I still only got him keeping four. Bryce Hager, Corey Littleton, Dakota Allen, and uh, Trayvon Howard. Like, like, they're not keeping Kettner Cup, dude. I think he, but I also think he is a absolute 100% stone-cold lock you've put on the record. This guy will be on the practice squad. Uh, if the practice squad, it, like, the practice squad exists, if you're not going to use it to play one of your star player's brothers, why do you have it? Like, it is made for tampering. <laughs> Like, give Kettner Cup three years on the practice squad, and when Cooper Cup's extension comes up, be like, yo, we scratch your back. How about you scratch ours? I, I like that. I hadn't even thought about that. But, yeah, like, great strategy. Like, we're going to do some maneuvering here, you know. Uh, I, I agree. I think uh, I think odd man out would have been Trevin Howard had it not been for the Micah Kaiser injury. But I think now, uh, man, those four guys, you, you can't really go wrong. And I think they all bring something to the table. So, yeah, I think we're in agreement. Yeah. It, it would be silly to cut any of them. Hell, they might even keep Troy Reader just to see how it plays out. Um, but <laughs> Josh is shaking his head at that no, one. No, no, not after that. Not after that hit the other day. No way. Nope. <laughs> sorry. Uh, fair enough. Cornerback. Uh, is another position that's gotten really interesting here. Uh, I mean, it's wild because they have five locks. Marcus Peters, Akeem Tlaib, Nick Elroby Coleman, uh, David Long, and... Troy Hill. Troy Hill. Yeah. I, uh, for some reason, I was just second-guessing myself on David Long's name. I don't know why. Uh, I just it have happens. their last names written in front of me. Uh, but yeah, Troy Hill, much to Johnny's chagrin. That guy's not going anywhere. The last spot, guys have been emerging. There's guys that have been with the team for a while. I think it's just Kevin Peterson is going to be the guy that takes it. But, like, Dominique Hatfield has been on the roster. Dante Dayon was on the practice squad last year, and it's looked good. I mean, Darius Williams, another guy who is – yeah, he's floating around there. Who do you got making the last spot? Do you think they keep more than six? Or you think there's just one guy here? Man. I'm going to have to say right now I would rather I would rather keep an extra corner than an extra safety and and here's why is because you know next year you're looking at uh, possibly not having Talib or Peters back you know depending on what happens and uh so I like to keep those guys around so that you know we've we've got the depth there if we need it for next year and uh 
I'm, I'm going to say that Peterson and Dante Dion make the roster um, and then practice squad uh, Darius Williams. And Dante Dion, man, he's looked kind of to me like Nikhil Roby Coleman. Like he's a smaller guy who's not afraid to lay the boom to people, which I always love corners that are not afraid to hit. And then we've made him, uh, we've seen him make some plays, you know, pass breakups and interceptions. And he's been doing that through preseasons now for, you know, a while. He was doing that when he was with the Giants on their on their uh, preseason roster. So uh, I, I think Dion and Peterson make the roster. I, I'd rather go with a corner than a safety at this point. It's interesting that you compare the corners and safeties too, because you know, you, you compare to Nick or Robbie Coleman. We had a little undersized, hard-hitting corner a while back, and we actually moved him to safety uh, in LaMarcus Joyner. You know, it, I think you keep a corner maybe over a safety because, like, Dante Dion might be a better player than some of these guys on the safety bubble, and maybe if push comes to shove and you need another safety, which I don't think they will, uh, you could maybe potentially move Dion there. These are corner and safety are probably the deepest positions on the team, I think, maybe besides receiver. But like like Troy Hill and David Long are the backups. I mean, at safety, you got Taylor Rapp, Marky Christian. They're deep here, man. And it sucks because like corners, as far as practice or as far as bubble guys, that's probably the most talented position to, here, too. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, I think the only safety that I, I really like that I would potentially like make me change my mind is Steven Parker, who's played really well. Um, but he's still got practice squad eligibility. I mean, I'd probably try to stash him there. And then if you need a safety at some point, you bring him up. Who do you got making the team as your safeties? We could bump into there. Uh, so I've got my safeties as obviously John Johnson, uh, Eric Weddle, and then Taylor Rapp and Marky Christian. No, Nick Scott. Uh, man. I got Nick Scott no, making no the Nick game. No, Nick Scott. Um, more so. Man, really? Over, yeah. Steven, over Steven Parker? Yeah. More so just because Nick Scott screams like good special teamer to me. And <laughs> he definitely sounds like like you, you know that Bones is like banging the table like, no, that is my guy. He's not <laughs> going on the practice squad. Somebody will sign him to a lucrative deal. Like, <laughs> like you're watching a game and some like, you know. Nick Scott comes in and makes a tackle on a kick return. You're like, yeah, that sounds like a special teamer. Uh, he's it, it does, doesn't it? Like it's like Nick Scott. That just sounds like a, a Madden, <laughs> Madden yeah. generated special team player. Five eleven, uh, two hundred pounds. So he's ad- adequately sized. Um, but he was a good player at Penn State. I don't think he's gonna like translate into a good safety in the NFL, but uh, he's a high-character guy. Uh, his teammates loved him. Uh, he was a captain, and I mean, I, I think I think it's just kind of a guy you'd like to have on your special teams. Uh, you know, there's guys like that in the NFL. Like, look at Matthew Slater. Uh, made the Patriots as wide receiver. He's probably caught five passes on in his career. He's like a six-time All-Pro. It's just a special teamer. So, Nick Sky, it feels not that he's going to be Matthew Slater, but um, if they could spare a roster spot, he seems like it'll be a good special team. Is, is he going to be like when everybody was like Pro Bowl linebacker Corey Littleton, <laughs> Pro Bowl <laughs> safety Nick Scott? Uh, I like, yeah, I- embrace it. <laughs> like six-time Pro Bowl wide receiver Matthew Slater is catching balls from Tom Brady. 
uh, up in <laughs> up in New England. Five, five, to be exact. <laughs> uh, Slater is a five-time All-Pro, seven-time Pro Bowler, three-time Super Bowl champion, uh, and son man. of Rams legend Jackie Slater. Like, man, you. Can... That's got to be like. It's kind of like up and down, you know, like people, people probably don't even recognize him in public, you know, outside of maybe diehard Patriots fans. And then it's just like you talk to somebody and you're like, yeah, I've got three Super Bowl rings. And like, oh, what do you play? I'm a wide receiver. I've never <laughs> heard of you. <laughs> it's similar to Nick Scott, uh, six foot, 200 pounds. From now on, I am only referring to him as Pro Bowl safety, Nick Scott. <laughs> Uh, you gotta love it. Um, special teams, Hecker's are Line McQuaid round out the roster. Um, I will end the podcast if those three aren't on the roster. That's <laughs> <laughs> not yeah. happening. Sam Ficken bouncing around. Maybe uh, Roberto Aguayo. I mentioned this is a pro Cadero Hodge podcast earlier. This is an anti Sam Ficken podcast. We are not itching for some Ficken here. No. Uh, I never want to see him kick field goals for the Rams again. Uh, he's not good. He's not a good kicker. You're, itch- you're itching for a ficken. We are not itching for a ficken. Uh, if, if we if we roll out Sam Ficken as the kicker, I'm going to send Pro Bowl safety Nick Scott to end that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, a- anything you're going to be watching for here in the, Ram- the team's final two preseason games? Uh, I think I'm going to focus a lot on the defensive line and the offensive line, just see how that kind of shakes out. I'm hoping that, you know, game three and game four, the O-line looks a little bit better. Um, I'll be paying attention to that battle kind of between Brandon Allen, John Wolford, just in the case that not even just the Rams, just to see if at any point any team picks them up, you know, what, what that kind of shakes out as. But, uh, I'll be watching wide receivers cause I'm, I'm pulling for Simba, um, yeah, I mean, uh, man. honestly, looking forward to these depth guys. Like, this is the first time in a long time that I've been like, "Yeah, I'm excited to watch a preseason game." <laughs> you guys, like, some you of these ex- guys have played pretty well, and it's funny because like the Rams have fucking sucked in the preseason, but it's still like, it's still I still feel good about what happened. Like, we have guys like Nasimba Webster emerging, uh, Dakota Allen kind of cementing himself to make the roster. That's that's what you want out of the preseason. You want guys like that to play well. Well, and at the end of the day, like the win loss record in preseason matters, like not at all. No, um, not I at mean, all. we've seen we've seen what was it? The Detroit Lions who won like went four and zero in preseason, then zero and sixteen regular. Yep. Season. We've seen no games and then be playoff team. The the Ravens about the record. So yeah. I mean, I'll I'll trade. I'll I'll take I'll take a preseason loss for a regular season victory any day. So, the Ravens have won 15 straight preseason games. Uh, it, it it doesn't really? mean anything. Yeah, I saw it today. Uh, <laughs> I don't the best depth in the league. I bet. <laughs> I don't remember who put it up on Instagram. Yeah, somebody compared. They were like the Ravens are the 72 Dolphins of the preseason. It's like why why even say that? <laughs> why even make that post? That's, that is a thing. Okay, it's. Uh, they won the preseason bowl. <laughs> I will definitely be watching Natson and Simba. I'm really curious to see how that go- plays out. Uh, Dakota Allen, I, I really want him to keep it up. 
hopefully he can push for a roster spot. Bryce Hager, if he's out there, which I think he will be, like the time is now, buddy. You got you got to step it up. We got we got to see you as a leader. Um, and yeah, all the receivers are really watching in. And Daryl Henderson, he did have a big play, a twenty-six yard screen pass, but he's been getting gobbled up. Part of that has been because the Rams' offensive line is awful, and in this case, like they were going against starters on Dallas, so you you can't expect much when that's happening. But we we took this guy in the third round. I want to see some more. Um, I don't. Yeah. So, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. Um. Yeah. So on Daryl Henderson, I actually like I've liked what I've seen from him. I I know he hasn't impressed quite as much as I think people wanted him to, but it's like he's not exactly Todd Gurley, and he's also still a rookie. Um. I, but we've seen him break off a couple seven eight yard runs. Like when when there's a hole, he's he's getting it. It's just this offensive line has been atrocious so far. I think we're seeing I think we're seeing the flashes of ability that we want to see out of him. And I think if you saw him with the first team offensive line, I think it'd be a completely different story right now. And this is um, week three. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like this is when you really see the starters the most for a preseason game. Although we're playing we're playing yeah. um, Denver, right? Uh, yeah, Denver. So. This is Denver's fourth game, so maybe they won't be. Okay, I, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe we see them uh, against you know more second string or something. Maybe Darrell Henderson has a chance to kind of show a little bit more. Yeah, I'm gonna look this up. This is the end of the podcast. Um, yeah, they don't play next week, so I, I'm curious to see how. Oh, just kidding. Oh, they make them play five preseason games. They do play, so they probably will play their starters. Uh, and they're going to eat our offense alive for a quarter. Yep. I'm not impressed with that depth. (laughs) Not not at all. If Von Miller is going up against whoever. Jesus Christ. Don't even say that. (laughs) Good Lord. No. Uh, Don't even put, don't even put Blake Bortles out there. Okay. Because if that happens, like we, you never know. So let's just not, let's just not play with fate. I mean, I'm inclined to agree with you. I don't want him to get it's the, it's, it's the Brandon Allen bowl. Okay. Let, let's do it. Um, all right, Josh, where can the people follow you on Twitter again? I think we opened it with, with it. Yeah. You guys can follow me at real underscore Kylo new Twitter. So if you used to follow Josh, make sure you follow him again. And of course you can follow me at Steve Ribeiro. And Johnny's not here. You can follow him, Johnny Five Not Six. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Rams Talk. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Talk Rams. And uh, yeah, and wherever you're getting your podcast, like, rate, subscribe, and don't forget to enter our five star review contest on Apple Podcasts. For Josh, this is Steve. Tell Sean Payton, you guys next week. That we gonna see him soon. You feel me?
You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com